Lauren, would you stop doing that? <laughs> Just kidding. Bang. <laughs> this is Father Joseph Gill from Restless, and you've joined myself and Lauren and Diane as our topic today is fighting fair. That was not fair of me to not give you fair you warning. You caught me off guard there. <laughs> that's the goal. Be very authentic, right? And uh, that's something that all of us face as young adults in today's world. And whether we're dating, whether we're married, whether we are uh, in the workplace, is that we get into arguments with people. And sometimes we disagree. So how do we do that well? And it, the topic came up to me. I was, um, I've was, i been uh, kind of a chaplain of this little group of couples called Domestic Church. And they, they meet once a month. And we were talking about fighting fair and how some of the couples were struggling to do that because every day as part of this domestic church um, ministry, the couples have to have a discussion about where are you at spiritually, where are you at relationally, where are you at mentally, physically, you know, kind of just holistic, you know, for five minutes or whatever. And one couple was saying that, you know, oftentimes their discussions devolved into fighting. And we said, mm. okay, well, well, how are you fighting? Because it's not always a bad thing, right? You can do it in a constructive way, having a disagreement, not not fighting per se, but, you know, just having a, a, a debate where you're kind of your rough edges rub up against each other. Yeah. But you can also fight unfair where you, you know, you start name calling, et cetera, et cetera. So... I'm just curious, like, what are some of the disagreements? Maybe if you got roommates, maybe, you know, live with parents or uh, at work. Do you have disagreements or you pretty much get along with everybody? Oh, I definitely have disagreements. Do you? Yeah, this is just a part of life, right? Um, for instance, I started working at my gym for fun, Orange Theory. Nice. And now I get a free membership and I can go to the gym more. That's great. So, but I've been training, right? But I've passed the point of like needing to be told what to do all the time, right? Mm. And I'm at a point where maybe I do things differently than how someone else would do it, right? But whatever I do, I'm being questioned or told to do it some other way. So then I respond and say, "Oh, yeah, I, I wanted to leave a note anyway, you know, for our manager, right? You don't you don't need to leave a note. Oh, yeah, I, I'd like to leave her a note." And then I'm being accused of being rude. Oh this no! Literally just <laughs> happened, right? And so it's like. Huh. It, it's so hard because I'm doing this job that I've been hired to do, right? I'm kind of being confronted or being questioned or something. So the natural response is, okay, I will explain. And then that is somehow seen as offensive. So then I have to go back and will you, look. Will you explain or will you try to defend yourself? Then it's kind of Yeah, you, I, like I always just go to like, oh, this is why, right? And I'm a very matter of fact person. Mm -hmm. So I just say it very like straight, like, oh, I left you that note because you were... I didn't know what to do. Oh, well, you could have just told me. Oh, well, you're in the middle of something, right? Like, but I don't want to be that person that's always got that answer. Yeah. Yet sometimes that Especially is just what happens. Job. Yeah. Sometimes that's just how it goes. So I did reflect on it like, hmm, could I start to just say, okay, like, don't defend myself, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Just say, okay, right? Like, even if I feel like I'm being accused and I'm not wrong. Yeah. Because that's a whole other, like, level. It's like a humiliation. Sure. Like, oh, they think I'm doing something wrong, or I don't know what I'm doing. I'm actually just doing it differently. Oh, and this, I don't want to, I feel like I'm going to come off bad for saying this, but I feel like I get caught being smart, like being smarter, mm. and then that's um, offensive to them because they didn't think of it. Yeah. But I'm like, shoot. It's tough when you're I'm just, I'm just doing this how I thought I should do it. So yeah, it's very fair. tough. It is, it's very difficult. I'm not someone who has an attitude. Like I don't, but I no, get but perceived. Yeah, you I get perceived. That, that yeah, could be if you know some people could bristle at that. 
Exactly. Because I think most people will kind of take my tech tactic and I'm a little bit more passive aggressive. <laughs> you know, if somebody like like, for example, I, I live with a couple of the priests and and we have different standards on cleanliness in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, and and so I'll kind of be a little passive aggressive sometimes. Go on. Like, for, for, <laughs> for example, <laughs> we'd like examples. For, Joseph. for example, um, if I see something that's like, for example, we we often get parishioners giving us cookies. Mm-hmm. I, I swear, if I ate all the cookies I got, I would be 700 pounds right now. It is so many cookies. God bless these parishioners. They're trying to fatten me up. I think they're going to kill me and eat me for Thanksgiving. <laughs> they think you're too thin. I know. That may be it. That may be it. And that's why I have to it's run. your fault, like, Father even Joseph. Even more. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So I tell people I got two goals in life. One is to be a saint and one is to be a thin priest. Right now I'm accomplishing <laughs> For the one rest one. of your life? Yes, for the rest of my all life. Right. Yeah, that's a good goal. Yeah, that's a good goal. Yeah, yeah, both are. Yeah, be healthy. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so so we got cookies sitting there and sometimes, you know, if the cookies sit for cuz I won't I'll try not to touch them, you know, but if the cookies sit for like a week, then I'll usually bring them to to the school where I teach and I'll give them out to the kids. And the kids love it. But the other priests are like, "Wait, what happened to the cookies?" I'm like, "They literally were untouched for an entire week. Do you not want them?" "Oh, I was might have had them later on." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> there should be like a week limit, okay? You're, they're going to get yeah. moldy and gross, and nobody's going to eat them. They're stale. Like, I might as well give them away. Yeah. But but we disagree. I guess that's that the, what they, hopefully they have learned now from your behavior, but it seems like the next step is to say, hey, guys, I'm going to give these to my Cardinal Kung students tomorrow. Unless you'd like them to stay here, well, let me know. Well, what the next step was is that one of the one of the priests I live with is now putting his name. On the cookies. Okay, so he's claiming them. But, but, he still now doesn't they're lasting for two weeks and still sitting there. <laughs> so I'm like, if you're going to keep them, keep them, but eat them. Don't just let them go to waste. So when I get home, I'm going to talk to him because there's some magic bars with the chocolate and coconut in the fridge. Those I will eat. All right. That, that is a weakness of mine. There you go. So so, so I mean, as long as he puts them, them in the fridge, they last a lot longer. They would last so. a lot longer. Or in the freezer, too. even. So it's the principle of that. <laughs> And again, that's super, super petty, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess for me, I don't know. I tend to get along with a lot of people. Um, but you know, in terms of disagreements, I think it is more of the way of like, I'm very much a perfectionist and I want to get stuff done and get it done well. So I think some of the annoyances come into play when, you know, we're just, constantly talking about something an idea and it's you know it's not manifesting in any sort of solution or um you know results so um yeah I'll kind of just step in or want to step in and take control and take the lead and just get it Mm. done my way you know and and I don't know I guess it's something I'm working on of just kind of being more open to how other people like do things and accomplish tasks but it's certainly something that bothers me i wouldn't say i like go and um i think lauren's very direct i I don't know that i'm that direct in terms of you know confronting people but um you know i'll make suggestions about (laughs) (laughs) about potential changes (laughs) dropping a few uh yeah yeah this is how i would do it yeah and i'm my way's right so considering the stuff that we do disagree with how can you discern what you should kind of bring up for a difficult conversation and what you should just let slide. Because a lot of this stuff, like my thing with the cookies, that's petty. Right. And I recognize it's petty, you know? Mm-hmm. So so like with your example with Orange Theory, like, I mean, how do you discern? Like when, when to bring stuff up? Yeah, it's hard. Um, I don't know. I actually go through this often 
because I live with two roommates too, right? Um, I think you have to let most things go, right? And um, I'm learning I to just try to default to be humble, right? So um, recognizing, like, I thought I was just explaining why I was doing something, but she perceived me to come off as rude, which she told me. So now oh, I no. should apologize to her. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't think I was wrong. And I actually think she's been rude to me, right? For like several days of working together now. Um, but I could be being perceived wrong or I could be, be being perceived right. Like, maybe I was a little bit short. Maybe I was a little bit rude because I've had a long day and I am tired, right? Like, so I recognize that. Um, just trying to, I think, lessen your view of yourself, right? Mm. and be more open to how did I come off, right? Because I am not trying to alienate other people. I'm not trying to upset anyone. We have to work together. I want to work together in a friendly, you know, cooperative fashion. Same with roommates, right? I yeah. want to get along with my roommates, even though there's things that, you know, can be frustrating at times, right? Sure. It's sure. just life dealing with other people. Um, so I don't know. How do you discern, you know, it's probably the severity of the thing. Um, is it going to keep recurring? You know, maybe they don't realize. So mm. if you could try to um, teach them or inform them. But yeah, I go along with that, too. I'm like, is this even my place? Maybe it's not. Yeah. Maybe I'm just supposed to endure this. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. No, like, how you know, how big is it? Is it going to matter in a week or a month? Yeah. Um, is it going to recur? Yeah. That's definitely a big thing. Yeah. I think your point, though, about self-reflection is important and humility because, you know, I think we have to be attentive to themes, right? So if, if people are constantly telling us that we're being rude or, you know, whatever, um, maybe it is something that we have to, like, take back to prayer of, like, you know, uh, realizing that, okay, well, even if I don't intend this, this is the way that I'm coming off. So, um, and that is very humbling, it is because I know in my life I always want to be right. Mm -hmm. I thought of very well and to recognize, oh, I'm not always right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And regardless of your intention, you know, uh, it is important that if something is being perceived another way, uh, that's still something that we have to, you know, be careful about. Yeah, I've been reading this really interesting book called. It's actually just called Difficult Conversations, and it was given to us by the director of HR for the diocese when we became pastors. Okay. Said, yeah, like, you're going to have to have a bunch of difficult conversations as a pastor, so here's how you do it. But uh, the, the one takeaway that I got from the, from the book was that, um, you know, every, every difficult conversation involves someone's identity. You know, so, so it's not just so much that, like, I have an issue with cookies. It's kind of like there's a deeper issue that somebody would take offense at. Like, maybe, maybe they would perceive my, you know, being super anal about cookies as, like, I'm judging them for being a slob or irresponsible or wasting food you know, or something like that. It really kind of goes to their identity. So it's not just about the action or the behavior. It's also really kind of goes to the identity. So, so you have to just be conscious of that when you're fighting with somebody that you're, you may be attacking their identity and kind of calling them, you know, like, like, and I think maybe if, you know, if we may have a good idea and we want to put that out there and, and kind of correct somebody else, what, I mean, their identity could be like, well, you must think I'm dumb. 
Right. You know, so they're going to bristle because like, because that's kind of the unspoken assumption is like that you've changed my identity, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, it's an attack on the person and we all have wounds. So a lot of times the things that people say to us ultimately, you know, like those weak spots in our hearts. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like kind of a dagger there, you know? And that's one thing, you know, the more I've kind of advanced towards Christ, I realized that um, if I'm if I'm grounded in knowing Christ's love and that's my identity, then whatever what other people think or say or, or do is not going to affect me as much because mm-hmm. I know who I am. Totally. And maybe this sounds terrible. Some people are dumb. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Not everyone is brilliant, but we're all loved by God. We all have equal dignity. Mm-hmm. So it can be difficult if you are working with or dealing with someone who maybe isn't at, on your level, Yeah. but you're called to love them anyway. And through that, and um, we also all have very different gifts and talents that we bring. Mm. So intelligence isn't everything, right? That's another thing. God doesn't really care about that. He cares about your soul, right? And the gift that you are and giving that to others. So do that in all different ways. But that's a really... We have to recognize that. But that's a really good challenge is that a lot of times we get annoyed when other people don't have our specific gifts, yeah. If I'm, if I'm, why don't clean, you just get this? It's so simple, right? right? Exactly. If I'm, if I'm clean <laughs> and the other person just doesn't have that virtue or that that gift, then I get annoyed at them because I'm like, you should be like me, right? But then they're like, well, why aren't you like me in this way and that way and this? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, all of these are sanctifying moments, you know. Yeah, and often the the people that annoy me the most in terms of like directness or whatever, and I'm like, oh no, you're being so mean. But then they have other great gifts for the kingdom, you know that that. Um, directness or, you know, um, mean perceived meanness is actually really useful in other areas, you know, if it's used to serve the Lord. Um, so, but I think that's spot on father Joseph of, you know, if <laughs> I know in my life, if they don't have the gifts I have, it's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, you are not patience. This is not good. Patience. Good. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. You mentioned though about like how, how, Sometimes what we perceive as a flaw can actually be used for the kingdom. Um, when I when I teach at the end of the year, I ask the kids to give me feedback on how I teach on little index cards, and and two people, both girls, gave me feedback saying, "Stop being so mean in class," because I'll bust kids' chops, you know, I'll kind of like make fun of them a little bit, because that's just how guys often relate. And so, the, the the beginning of this year, I said to all the kids, "I was like, look, guys, this is the feedback I got last year. I, you know, I'm gonna try to be softer and not, you know, not bust your chops." And all the boys in class were like, no, we love that. That's the best part of this class is when you bust our chops. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm reaching somebody, <laughs> you know, with this personal flaw of mine, I suppose. Yeah, maybe they don't realize that you're kidding or it's in love, right? Yeah, it's, it is totally in love. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, I'm, and that's, and at least, I, I, do girls relate that way? Do they bust each other's chops? I don't think they really do, right? Uh, it depends. Depends on the relationship, the timing and everything. Really? But I think you have to read the room, so to speak, you know, like yeah. you're, you shouldn't do that to someone who, you know, is super sensitive and like, is not going to get your joke. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I think you have to be like kind of self-aware and aware of other people yeah, that's and, very and their true. personalities. That's like, very true. you know, it's like, there's a time and a place to do things just like, you know, at work you would certain things you know you, you I, yeah i wouldn't joke around with my boss like that yeah <laughs> like exactly <the> <laughs> right um hey bishop you're going bald you notice that <laughs> although he has he's made that joke to me oh yeah he has he's like when are you gonna shave your head i'm like bishop 
Fine. Maybe, maybe he knows you could take it. I guess so. I, uh, <laughs> I guess so. But uh, so let's let's pivot real quick when we talk about disagreements because you know Jesus had an awful lot of disagreements. You know, I don't know if you ever read uh, if he ever read Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. But uh, he certainly didn't do a good job of that with the Pharisees. <laughs> you know, he's constantly criticizing them. Woe to you, whitewashed tombs! Like this is not uh, you know friendly banter. This is <laughs> these are fighting words. So, first of all, how could he get? Well, I mean, other than being God, like how can he get away with being so blunt? And is that the right tactic? I mean, he's he's God. Okay, so everything he does is perfect. But like, explain this to me. Like, this is this is abrasive language that Jesus himself uses. I think the pedestals that they put themselves on were so high that mm. this must have been the only way to reach them. But I see I see two goals there, right? That Jesus is trying to convert themselves, right? Into thinking, wait a minute, maybe I don't know everything. Um, or maybe something that he's saying is actually true. And then also to get the people to recognize that as well, mm-hmm. right? Because he is starting Christianity with himself, yes. right? Converting the people from Judaism to Christianity. That's the goal. Right. So he really needed to kind of shake the status quo. Correct. Yeah. Mm. I think, too, it comes down to, we were talking about before, like one of Lauren's points was the severity, you know, of how do you, how do you react? And, like, there was so much at stake here because the Pharisees were leading people away from God. So, I mean, talk about, like, life or death situation. It's They were laying burdens on people that were never meant to be laid on them. Mm. They were not following sort of the heart of the law. Um, and so they were preventing people essentially from coming to God and, and, you know, obtaining that salvation. And so he had to, out of justice, say those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think a lot of people think, you know, Jesus was like the nicest person in the Gospels, but until you actually read the Gospels, you realize he's, he has a tongue that, that gave people a lashing. And yeah, of course they deserved it, but poof. Mm-hmm. So are you ever called or we ever called as as young adult Christians to to do that definitely yeah uh, I do not think that you know we're called to be nice all the time there is something um, to be said for justice mm. right there are wrongs that people commit against each other and against God so like one of the biggest ones to me uh, would be an atheist right if you encounter an atheist, um, I think it's totally just to speak bluntly, right, and boldly about what the truth is. So, can you do that while still being kind? Because um, I, mean, I would think that I would think you would want to establish a relationship. I mean, and, I'm not saying you know. that you would say, "Well, you're an idiot," because God revealed <laughs> Himself to us, so you must be living under a rock, right? Uh, I'm right, not saying that you attract, um, attack the person, but I think you can be very, and you probably should be very direct, right? And um, those conversations can go a bunch of different ways, but generally I, I find that non-believers just constantly change the question mm. so that like, as soon as you start to make sense to them on their, their current point, they jump somewhere else. So they keep doing the shifting game. Mm. So it's, it's difficult. Um, but no, I think that that's a major, I would say uh, discussion that warrants that. And do these conversations go well? No. Do the people walk away like feeling pleasant about it all the time? No, but if that is what needs to be said, 
it will make an impact. And I, I think that the conversion happens later. Yeah. Sometimes it can make an impact. I, I remember when I was in seminary uh, at the very end, you know, we're all about to be ordained priests. And this guy comes up to me and says, thank you for saving my vocation. And I said, I have no idea what I did to save your vocation. And he said, you remember that time many years ago? And, and he reminded me when we were both in first theology, he lived across the hall from me. And my room was kind of the hangout place. So everyone came in, you know, crashed on my couch and everything. And, and uh, he would just complain about everything, the food, the temperature, the teachers. He, he seems like he hated the place. And so I was just finally fed up one day. And he's, you know, complaining, moaning about this and that. And I got out of my chair and I'm like, you know what, Clinton, I'm going to go to the chapel and pray just you can stay here, but I just you're so annoying. Just stop it. And he's like, "Okay, go pray for me." And I turned and said, "No, you pray for yourself." And I left. And later on, I was like, "Man, I was a total jerk about that." You know, so I went back to apologize. And he said, "But he said, you know, fast forward four years, about to get ordained a priest." And he says, "When you said go pray for yourself, I thought to myself, like that's why I'm miserable, is because I don't have a real relationship with Jesus, and I need to develop one." And he started that day to pray for himself. And, you know, God ordained a priest and is now still a priest, thanks be to God, for like 15 years. And uh, I was kind of blown away. I was like, wow, I thought I was being a jerk. You know? <laughs> you know? Well, imagine if you had coddled him, right? Like, oh, it's okay. It's like, no, that at a certain point does not work, right? And, you know, Diane mentioned we're all different, right? There's a time and a place for everything. I think that God does lead us to let us know, hey, this is a moment for you to stand up. And I want you to be courageous, yeah. Right. I mean, your moment just kind of happened. It was in the moment and you were fed up and it's totally understandable. It happens. We're not perfect. You were humble. You were ready to go apologize. So I think it would have been resolved either way. Mm -hmm. But that's what he needed to hear at that time. And that's true, I think, in a lot of cases. Um, yeah. That's tough love kind of. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I think, too. I mean, I'm just thinking about a recent experience I had. I did street evangelization in New York City oh, outside wow. of Old St. Patrick's for Holy Week. Nice. And the mission was specific to getting fallen away Catholics or Catholics just in general to go to confession. So there were priests in the church and then we were on all corners of the street um, and we basically were just uh, one after the other. Are you Catholic? You know, because you got to New Yorkers, they move so fast. That's <laughs> the one line that you can kind of squeeze in there. And for the people who did stop, one thing that I found effective and I find effective in general is, you know, even just Warren talking about the atheist perspective, um, kind of using the Socratic method of asking questions, you know, because I think then you kind of, they have to think and explain themselves and sort of understand their viewpoint. And a lot of times they end up getting stuck, you know, like when you, when you go a little bit deeper, well, like, why do you, why do you think that? Um, so having them explain, but, mm. um, specifically on this mission, you know, I asked a woman, I was like, well, do you think about your death? You know, like, do you think about eternity? And she just stopped and she was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, like none of this is going to matter. So we got into this whole, you know, conversation about sort of eternal perspective and, um, and that's what, a heavy conversation for some you just met on the street, you know? Ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I found that to be, uh, you know, just very, you, you get people to start to think um, mm. without being, you know, because sometimes you can't develop those relationships. I couldn't go and have a coffee with her for an hour. It was a 30 second sort of interaction. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, that sounds like a, praise God, a huge success, you know? Yeah. I mean, hopefully the Holy Spirit was working very powerfully just in terms of getting people to think about, you know, uh, just even sharing your own experiences. We were handing out rosaries too. So I was explaining, sort of giving anecdotes about uh, like what, um, what, 
the Blessed Virgin Mary has done in my own life, you know? Yeah. 32nd, whatever. And, you know, people go and hopefully if they're open to God, they're going to think about those things. That's so true. You know, without yeah. attacking them. And that, you know, that was another thing that, that came out of that book, Difficult Conversations. It talked about how when you're having a difficult conversation, do it with questions. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I needed to talk to, you know, the priest I live with about, you know, the, the cookie situation. Hey, you know, what's, what's your, uh, are you going to eat these cookies? You know, is it, is there something that's, uh, you're saving them for something special or something? Yeah. Because instead of attacking the person, you just kind of, you come from a, a place of curiosity. Mm-hmm. The other thing for street evangelization, you know, kind of the brief training that we got beforehand was, you know, really you, you have to, you can't go and make it your mission to just like convert all these people as if like they're just numbers to win, right? Like we really have to go and speak Mm. to this person and ask them what their name is, like take an interest, let them know that you see them because like when someone is looking at you and, and you can tell that they really care as opposed to you're just trying to, you know, win another person off the street, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. No, it definitely does. That that person to person because it's one soul at a time. Yeah. How they receive you, right? It's better to win the soul than win the argument. Mm Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, you know, and this is kind of our last point here. I know in in po- in kind of popular culture, you don't ever speak about religion or politics because it's so, such a divisive issue and these things can, you know, kind of boil up. But I think instead of not talking about it, we have to talk about it, but do so in a respectful manner. So any tips for that, especially, you know, if people are going to get together with uh, family and friends for Fourth of July barbecues and uh, and potentially these topics can come up. I mean, how do you how do you have disagreements that are that are good and healthy and 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 don't ruin a relationship. I mean, I again, I would just sorry. Go ahead, Diane. I, I would I would ask questions in terms of like instead of attack because we all sort of you know like it's very easy to get offended and um, prideful. Um, you know, thinking I'm right. This is this is the way. And and you may be right because there is objective truth. But uh, you know, just asking, kind of trying to understand where they're coming from so that you can figure out, okay, how, like, what sort of, where am I going to come from in terms of the faith aspect to, to explain this situation or this, like, what the church teaches? Um, because a lot of times we don't understand why a person believes what they do. That's true. That's true. Maybe it's, uh, you know, how they were trained or raised or an experience they had. I think a lot of people are improperly formed when it comes to the faith and with politics, I don't know. If you don't see what's going on, it's like, are you blind? I don't know. <laughs> um, Can't say that, though, in conversation. <laughs> are you blind? <laughs> right, I think it. But um, uh, it's tough because I do think that these are major topics that do need to be discussed. And um, we can't create the opportunity. Sometimes they occur. Now, if you're talking like a family gathering, usually those aren't the best places for these kinds of things, but sometimes they come up. Sometimes that's the only opportunity. Yeah. So it's a very delicate balance. Um, but I love when these kinds of things come up and just having the opportunity to speak a little bit of truth in whatever form that that may be. You know, I mean, for me, the the faith is the most important thing. And um, you know, I don't always get it right. Yeah. Like, I remember like with my cousins, people talking about suicide and, um, some like horrible example that they gave, like that they would commit suicide. And I'm like, you, that you can't say that, you know, like, um, we're Catholics. That's terrible. And they're like, yeah, but and it's like, yeah. oh, 
Okay. Yeah. No, like there's never a reason to commit suicide. Also, that's mortal sin. I mean, you know, depending on the circumstances, God saves souls and all that. But in their example, it would have been clear mortal sin, right? Clear rejecting God mm. and thinking like the end is, it's just my life is over, right? So I'm going to end it. Um, so when you address a room on something like that, it's hard because you're trying to speak the truth and like help them realize their error. Mm-hmm but not make them feel stupid. Sure, sure. So it's incredibly difficult, but I don't know. I think God shows you, right? Like, at least in my in my own personal nature, I, I think I'm blessed that I do have courage, mm-hmm. that I can speak up and I can say the difficult things. And I feel it. I feel my internal temperature rising. And it's like, oh, this isn't going to go over well, but I have to say it. <laughs> I know I have to say it. Yeah. I, I, and I say it. Um, it's not always received well, but I think I'm getting a signal like, yep, just go for it. Take the brunt of it. Not everything is like that. Sometimes it's very nice. It's very delicate. And you you do the ask the question things and you get them thinking a little bit and Mm -hmm. you you just lead them a little bit further. Um, And I think oftentimes it's a process. Yeah. You know, that, maybe that pray to the Holy Spirit beforehand, you know, to, to guide you in terms of the conversation. I would challenge our listeners, though, you know, be bold for Christ, because I think it's very easy to be like, I'm just going to do this tomorrow or like to constantly be saying there's a time and a place for everything. And now is not it. And, yeah. you know, now <laughs> becomes co- never, cop out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. yeah, don't make it a cop out because, you know, true charity is willing the good of the other and, and wanting everyone to come you know everyone to be saved which means that they need to be steeped in the truth yeah so diane and i both did leonine forum last year and i was actually surprised um so so what is leonine forum for our <laughs> listeners um it's a society i guess you could say for young adult professionals to learn about um catholic social teaching hmm. and then have discussions about that and so uh, creating community right because many people are living and working in a secular world where they don't have places where they can have these Catholic conversations or discuss today's issues and challenges. So it's kind of a twofold thing or, you know, um, but in my tables and discussions, a few times I would ask if people would be willing to speak about the topic and the men would say no. And I'd be like, you cowards, (laughs) you know, like, come on. So like one example, this guy said that he had a friend running for office of some kind uh, on the Democratic side, and she wanted his support, not knowing at all that he's a conservative Republican. And I'm like, dude, you need to tell your friend this, right? You can't just put her, push her off and just stay silent. Like, you, you have to have the courage to say, actually, I believe this. I'm very sorry I cannot support you. Mm-hmm. Right? I like, agree, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, yeah, come on. Take a stand. Men, be men. Speak the truth, right? Yeah. Like, stand up for what is right. I don't you know. know. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. And and don't be afraid sometimes, you know, in charity to speak the truth in regardless of what happens. Was- and I'm referring to like the blanket that's being washed over society where we all have to go along with things that we know as Catholic are not right. Right. Like, no, we, we cannot do that. Evil we prevails need to- when good men do nothing. <laughs> Edmund Burke, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, okay. So, <laughs> so that wraps up our time today. <laughs> Definitely an interesting discussion about uh, you know, some, some difficult topics, because all of us will have those difficult conversations in our life, whether it's over mundane things like cookies or much more deep things like politics and religion. But regardless, there are ways in which we need to speak the truth in charity, patiently, 
uh, with kindness, really trying to see the soul in front of us, making sure that we walk in humility and look at our own um, our own struggles, our own faults and failings at the same time, and really just putting it all under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So when you fight, because they're inevitable, because we live in a fallen world, make sure that we fight fair, really you know, putting it under Christ. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Restless, 1350 AM and 103.9 FM. You can find us uh, anywhere that you get your podcasts. So tune in next time. God bless you.